Welcome to Should I Get Bangs. I am your host, Julia Rossi, and today's guest is Emmy Blotnick. And Emmy is just so great. She is stand-up. She writes for a bunch of shows. She's been on Conan, Stephen Colbert. She has a half-hour special on Comedy Central. Uh, she has an album called Party Nights, which is fantastic. And we have such a good talk about one of my favorite topics, social media. I also thought, did you, do you feel like, I think when I moved out to LA, I only had one light jacket and then I wore that same light jacket, like 300 days of the year and was like, I do the, the fatigue of putting on the same jacket over and over again, is somehow really memorable to me. So yeah, I, well, Hmm. Not so much the same jacket. I did make the fo- – I wouldn't say it's a foolish mistake, but, like, I treated myself this year and bought myself – actually, I'm wearing one of them right now, but two, like, fun sweatsuits that were, like, a little bit more expensive, but, like, you know, organic cotton and – because I'm not spending any money. And but then I'm like, why did I even do – it's not even – why do I need to wear a nice sweatsuit in the house? Like, no one cares. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I can see the, the the benefits of a nice sweatsuit. I think it was um, part of the Marie Kondo book where she's like, your your loungewear is important. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I've, everything I like lounge in is disgusting. So <laughs> there's something to there's something to the logic of like it's coordinated and it feels like order. <laughs> yeah, I I love that you just said Marie Kondo because that kind of leads in. to what we're going to chat about, because I've been thinking about this a lot, because I know we're going to talk about internet and social media. And I had this thought recently, well, I've had this thought a lot, but it's really been hitting me about how like, there needs to be Marie Kondo for uh, digital clutter. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. You know, like I, are you somebody who leaves a lot of unread Gmail mess or, or e- I just assumed to use Gmail, but uh, email messages or do you oh, like you it? I, used to be, I am a loyal Yahoo person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try. I try to be uh, um, like organized in the email inbox thing because otherwise, like when I see somebody else's phone that has like twenty seven thousand one hundred messages, I'm like, this is chaos. What do you? You look at this so many times in a day, and that's what it's reflecting back to you. I. Can't cannot agree. It gives me anxiety. It could be a stranger that like I looked over their shoulder and I see it because to me it takes uh, the only time that I I'll use the unread feature like I'll mark something unread so I remember to go back to it to reply if I can't get to it right away. But like years ago, my friend led this, you know, uh, workshop about like how to be more productive and stuff. And the thing that she said that really stuck with me was like if a task takes less than a minute, just do it because if you put it off, you're adding to the pile. So it takes less than a minute to delete a spam message. That or, logic uh, checks out perfectly. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, I get man. I get so overwhelmed with the so like that was that's what I but now lately what I've been getting overwhelmed with with sort of the decluttering of digital is all the f- photos in my phone, all the photos on my laptop. And then I've also been like 
a few times a year, I do like a Google search of myself and try to get rid of stuff that I, I hate. Wait, what do you mean? Like I have old blog, like there's like an old blog that I forgot I had. And it's just like, you know, it was like 2009 and I was like complaining. I'm like, can you believe this? And it's like, who cares? You know, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> like I had four readers and it's just not well written. And it, it's just, it was that time where like blogging and complaining was like a, a, I think it was a thing, but that doesn't need to be online anymore. So like, I'm, I don't, I'm trying to get that taken down. Cause I don't remember the login. I used to write for Huffington post for free and there was a bunch of really bad, we all? Yep. <laughs> poorly written articles from like 2010. And I, it took me three years. It took me three years to get them taken down. Whoa. I just don't want, to, there's no like centralized person there. I bet. Right. There isn't like no. a person where you can be like, Hey, I'm, I'm no longer proud of my work. No, <laughs> I had to find, I uh, eventually, luckily like a, a friend, an acquaintance, works there now. And so she put me in touch with the right person. But for a while they were like, no, once it's up, it's up. And I'm like, but you didn't pay. Okay. Like it's, it is wild. The amount of digital clutter there is online. Yes. I, the thing that's weird to me is like, oh man, I totally just lost my train of thought because uh, I am so rusty at even like speaking to people that aren't my dog. Um, <laughs> Do you live alone? I have a I, I have a dog and a fiance who are in the but other you don't room. Talk to the fiance. <laughs> I, I love them both very much, but we have like a series of sort of grunts and shorthand now that yeah. doesn't constitute a good podcast. So I understand. What I was going to say is that I feel like the blogging era was kind I look back on it fondly now because people put more thought into what they were writing. Even if it doesn't age well, it was probably like you wrote a nice essay or something like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're I don't know. Right. It's just like a step or two more consideration in the, in like even publishing a complaint. It's like, you probably gave a shit about it then. So yeah, I, I had a whole blog. I almost don't want to say it cause I don't want anyone to look at, well, whatever it, it was, it was called Dear <laughs> Douchebag. It was called Dear douche. Douchebag. And I would just write letters to douchebags, but I tried to always keep it. It was never like directed usually at like a, uh, you know, a celebrity, like, I mean, I made fun of The Bachelor, you know, stuff like that. But it was always like, dear guy on the subway blasting your music, dear person who almost hit me with your car. Like, it's, I don't know why I want it gone. I'm just like, I don't know, it was like 12 years ago. And it's just, it's all, I mean, that really leads into what I was so interested to talk to you about. Because in my I wouldn't call it a full on breakdown, but I have very strong reactions to the internet where like, I love it. And then all of a sudden I'll hate it and want to delete everything and be removed and be like a nomad and be unfound. And you came to mind because I was like, wait, Emmy, I never see her on Twitter because especially in the pandemic, I feel like websites have become like places to go. Like I was hanging out on Twitter and I didn't see her at the party. And then, <laughs> and then your Instagram is just a toilet. Yeah. And so I reached out to you and I was like, can you, I, I need to know 
Because I think of you as someone who's like really creative and talented and you work a lot. And so what happened? Oh man. Well, <laughs> I thank love it. You. Yeah. I, the, okay. I was trying to think there's not like a single instance where I was like, I'm done with, I have the same sort of like conflicting, like just constant swirl of difficult, conflicting feelings about the internet too. I think, um, it used to be like, I spent probably from like, I, I, there was a solid decade where I was using everything a lot. I feel like where I was like, I had like a, a, a dumb blog. It wasn't as good as dear douchebag. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yes. But, it swept the nation. <laughs> I, I mean, it should have been at least like a, an urban outfitters book or something. And but, all blogs should have, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like, I remember there was like a heyday where like being on Twitter, I felt like was like a way to, I was like new doing comedy and all that stuff. And it was good to like figure out how to write jokes and things. And all of a sudden, like right around when Trump got elected, I was like, this is incredibly unfun. Like it is not good to be here right now. And I don't feel like it was, it, it stopped being like very helpful as like a writing exercise, I guess especially like the more, the more performing stuff I was able to do, then it was like, I, I don't know what I'm getting out of like, oh, I, I have way too much. This is going to turn into a therapy session so fast. Oh, I know this is what I, I used to want to be a therapist and also I'm not in therapy right now. So perfect. I'm not either. Okay. This is huge. <laughs> this is craziness. Let's be each other's internet therapist. I need this pretty bad. Cause okay. <laughs> I was zooming with my therapist and I'm on zoom for work all day. And I was like, not looking for, I would be like, this is not like cool. I'm in the same yeah. chair that I'm in all day in the same chair that I'm like bombing on zoom shows in. And so <laughs> it didn't feel like anything, all that different was happening. And she had like a, uh, she has a kid who needed to be logged into school software all the time and like I don't blame her for that at all but it's also tough if you're like in the middle of crying and it's like hang on geometry is about <laughs> to start and you're like go ahead I get it <laughs> like oh, I don't know life is I just realized like especially with the pandemic stuff like therapists have to go through it too and maybe they yeah. I don't know I, I have to put a lot therapist. of that's cool and it's, I have like, firsthand information on what it's like do tell. I'm so curious. She, well, so what's, so it's fun about, she's so thrilled because she's uh, on the podcast at, so at the end of the podcast, I always give like either a tip on how to stay sane, or I have my sister come on and give like some mental health expertise. I don't know what I'm going to do for the end of this one. It might be her when, when you're off, like she'll listen anyways. So she, she is, well, she has a therapist. Most therapists have a therapist. It's a lot, I think, for, you know, it's kind of good because she can have, she can see clients at any time from anywhere, but it's not like she's traveling the world doing, you know, Zoom therapy. I, th I think we all have fatigue with, like you said, like if you're working on Zoom, I FaceTime with family for like probably an hour a day because I have a new kid, yeah, a child, yeah. and so they want to see her. And it's just like, I don't know about you, but like, I want to see friends, but it was really fun to do like Zoom happy hour, like back in April. And mm -hmm. now I'm like, I'm throwing all electronics in the ocean when this is yes. like, I can, I can't. 
yeah. Zoom is, it's hard to, hard to like, this is the, I feel like this has been the subject of like many a New York Times piece already, but it's like <laughs> life doesn't have compartments right now. So like yeah. ther- therapist Zoom, work Zoom, family Zoom, you're like, it's all just sitting, doing the same thing. I'm still getting my head around that therapists have therapists. That was a piece of a cool gem, I think. Oh, really? Dropped. Yeah, I didn't know oh. that. Yeah, they do. And it's it I mean they have to. Like think about I don't know, I I feel like the word empath gets thrown around. I don't know if I'm like there's like empath, there's highly sensitive. I I definitely absorb people's energy. Like I'm one of those people. I it also makes me take things personally. It's a it's a blessing mm-hmm. and a curse. Yeah. And I can't even part of why I didn't pursue becoming a therapist is I don't know that I could handle absorbing all that. And I remember asking my own therapist years ago, I was like, how do you like not carry this? Um, She was like, you just have to have boundaries. Like, and I'm like, but yeah, I don't know. What the fuck are those? Like, I don't even know. I don't understand what those are. I'm like, I didn't grow up with boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) No, me neither. I'm with you. I feel like, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, if you spend time around depressed people, it's, like, hard not to, like, you know, yeah, suck it in and just, like, be that. So, I don't know. I wonder how therapists put out the feelers when they're, like, I want more anxious people. If there's, like, a way to <laughs> <laughs> advertise. Like, seeking therapists, seeking anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. But what's interesting, though, so I just listened to this Brene Brown uh, her podcast and it was an episode I'll link to it it was really good it was only like a half hour and um I like that I'm I'm praising a podcast for being only a half hour when this is probably going to be an hour plus but um <laughs> she talked about how anxiety is actually the most contagious emotion hmm. it was really interesting like she was saying how like if you're at work and you're calm about a project then like the team is calm but then the second somebody's like i don't know i don't know if we're gonna meet the deadline then everyone starts to panic and i was like wow that makes a lot of sense because i know when i'm in like a highly anxious place i feel very unattractive if that oh, makes sense. Man. yes you mean like, like i don't want to be the tiny curtained area at union hall like right to the side of the stage. I feel like it's like a dense three foot square of other people's anxiety. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't mean to say for anyone who's listening, who's anxious, you're, uh, you're physically unattractive. I just mean like, you know, when I'm feeling confident, I feel magnetic. When I feel anxious, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You have to be around this. This is, I'm insane. We'll be right back after a quick break. Man, oh man. Yeah, I think that was if we're if we're doing if we're going down the social media road, I feel like every time I looked at my phone, I felt worse for the most part, like starting around when Trump was elected. I think okay. that was when it was like the my feeds all became more news than jokes, like more more like um scandals and catastrophes than like dogs, babies, et cetera. And that might be like just who I'm following, I guess, but it's also at like unfollowing people feels harsh and strange. And like me, I don't know. I just was like, this feels like, like breathing in chaos every time I'm looking at it. Yeah. And so what did, did you ever have, 
Did, were you, so you were active on what before? I used to post jokes on Twitter for like a solid, I want to say like eight years or a decade maybe of like trying to come up with a an observation or something every day. And then um, after a while, it was just like, it, it starts to feel like work because you're like, well, I got to keep showing up and posting shit or I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and like, yeah. this is the thing, the, the, the like, I do feel a lot better not looking at it, but I'll never know what stuff I missed. So, you know. Yeah. Well, also I think what it does, because I, so I still, Twitter is actually the one I like. What? Okay, sorry. Let me back up. So, Instagram. What was? What's the toilet all about? Oh man, I feel like as soon as Instagram came to exist, I knew I was like, this is not going to cater to my strengths at all. I'm like, this is a, an app for people to be beautiful and rich and like, you know, living wild, wild like Dubai existences on this thing. And it's. <laughs> And I was just like, I, I know, I know immediately this is not where I'm going to shine. So I posted a toilet in 2014. And then the longer it stayed the only post, the more it felt like I couldn't post anything. And yeah. so, <laughs> so now that really it's the only post and it, it's going to probably stay that way. Um, yeah. And so just, you just own your name, right? Basically yeah. is kind of, was- and then, and then Facebook. Facebook I've been on since I was in like uh, uh, college, but it's, or high school maybe, but it, uh, it's the worst of them. I think that's like a consensus we all agree on. The thing, are your parents on this stuff too? That was another turning point for me. It was once my mom learned some of the stuff I was like, it's, it's done. My mom (laughs) is on, my mom is on Facebook only to, uh, to, so she can, what is it? Messenger with like old friends in Italy. Oh, so her experience with, with the internet has been quite lovely because my parents are like a little older, you know, like a lot of people, of, of, I mean, I guess not even older, like anyone over, I don't know what age, 50? I, I, I don't know, but like anyone who didn't have, like I had an email account in college, you know? So I think anyone who didn't grow up then has a little bit more of a difficult time with technology. And so my mom, like we got her her first iPad so she could FaceTime a few years ago. And then we got her Facebook so she can message with friends in Italy. And it's been really See, this is like where it's positive. It's been really awesome and adorable to watch her beam with pride that she like found a YouTube video of like something she's interested in or, you know, like like she like took a, took a screenshot of like a lot of it is her connecting to Italy because she hasn't been back. And also it's really cute. Cause like this past year, she's like, I, uh, I look on a YouTube, a video about uh, how to relax uh, and about uh, <laughs> depression and like all, like she's been like researching mental health. And I just oh. think it's for a 78 year old woman like that, you know, I get really protective cause I'm like, don't ever open an email from a stranger and don't, you know, but it's really just like, harmless to her. And so if I could have that sort of joy with it, that would be great. Um, I mean, that's like the cutest version of like 
parents on on this stuff that I have heard of for sure. <laughs> yeah, what does happened with have, yours? Does she have an Italian accent? Is that yeah, really? That's yeah, yeah. so fucking cute. Okay. Yeah, yeah she has an Italian accent. She sounds like the Count from Sesame Street. She's like, oh, uh, like it's very. People thought she was my dad when she would answer the phone when I was growing up. Oh man. <laughs> but the count is like it's like eastern european i feel like right the count is transylvania has to be somewhere in like the the you know former soviet union type yeah i don't i mean he's you know he's probably got a travel ban right now for all (laughs) we know um but so was it did you leave facebook because your parents joined I am still on there. I just don't go on too much. Um, but like that one, I, there was like a moment where I feel like a lot of our peers were like, delete Facebook, but they're still on Instagram. So I just was like, I don't know. I think they're all, it's all owned by the same uh, goblin. So it's, to me, it's like, you know, if you're on one and not the other, it's not a statement, but um, yeah, I don't it's know. So- I was, it's still there. But my mom joined Instagram and started posting like, she posted like a picture of her foot and like some weird stuff. And she writes comments on my fiance's posts. And so after a while I was like, okay, there's like this, this like thing where you're supposed to make your life look beautiful has so entered the mainstream that it's like, I don't know. Do you feel maybe on some level, like as comedians, we get to like not do some of this stuff? That's one of the lines of logic I've started to entertain is I'm like, maybe we're supposed to be doing the opposite of what everybody is doing. I, yes, I, what I am struggling with currently. Okay. So this is what I have. So Facebook, I got rid of my personal profile back in 2016 um, I don't know. Thank you. I don't know that it was, it, it, I mean, it was, it wasn't so much election related. I just, I don't know. I remember reading an article that, that, cause I, I Google all the time, like I feel crazy with the internet and it was, it suggested picking one social media to put your effort into instead of trying to like do all of it. So I was like, well, Facebook's the one that like, I don't know. I don't want to say it creeps me out, but it just was like, I don't want to be connected to like all these people from my past and get, getting email. And like, I had like a, a very bizarre thing happen with like a guy from high school who I think was like trying to cheat on his wife with me. And I was oh like, my. that is a whole other, that might be a special episode, but um, <laughs> uh, it was very, I just didn't like the access. It felt like very, I felt very accessible. And yeah. so I turned my personal page into like a fan page, which felt bad to be like, you're my friends are now my fans, you know? And I have like a, you know, a dummy email account or a dummy account that, that runs it. And my sister also has access to it. I don't think I've logged on to that. I don't even know how many months, six months. I only, only, only go to the fan. I only have the fan page so that I can keep my name mm-hmm. in case I become super famous and someone wants to mimic me. <laughs> uh, and if I'm doing like a show in Boston, because a lot of like my old friends are on there or like I'll probably promote the podcast, like only if it's something like I really want to promote, right? So that's what I have there. Instagram and Twitter. Hmm. I oddly like Twitter more than Instagram, which is a very unpopular opinion I've learned. Uh, 
I use Instagram. I recently deleted all but like a hundred posts. I used to have like a thousand and I just went back and decluttered because I was like, why does anyone, I don't want this up here. Right. The idea of someone like scrolling into your past is very, like it's been, people have been able to do that for a while, but I feel like it's, it's like, I don't know, something in my, in my, like in our mindsets, I guess, changes. And you're like, maybe this shouldn't all be out there for anybody. Yeah. I, I, it's not even like there was anything, my Instagram has always been, it kind of teetered between personal and professional. And that was something I struggled with because I felt like it, I wanted it to be one or the other. And so I made the decision recently to make it mostly professional. And the only thing that's like, quote unquote, personal is sort of related to the professional, you know, like stuff I talk about on the podcast, stuff I talk about in my comedy, but like, I got rid of any, you know, family photos, um, just anything. I don't, I don't put my child on there. Like I just, I really want to separate personal and professional. I am considering just deleting it all together. I just don't like it. Instagram makes me feel bad. I, yeah. I take things personally. I read into things. This is really embarrassing to admit, but like, I just, it just feels like a, it feels just like constant sales. It feels like just oh, a, yeah. a website of sales. Like you're selling your life, you're selling a product and I'm involved in that. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't love it. I feel like everyone feels this way though. And nobody admits it. Like this shit is making everyone miserable. Right. I feel I, like. I think so. But then the problem is, and then I'll get to Twitter, but like, you know, I, I posted, I announced that I was starting a podcast on Instagram and it was really nice that people commented, I'm so excited. This sounds great. How do I listen? And so if I didn't have any social, I don't know how people would know. Like, it's not like 10 years ago, I used to have a mailing list. I'm not going to suddenly email all these people. My mailing list is mostly comedians. They're going to be like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't like to get unsolicited emails from fellow, like I didn't sign up. They're not going to listen, you know? So I, that's what I'm struggling with. Like I'm, what I'm hopeful with this podcast is this feels so far more, uh, I like interviewing people. I like talking and it feels like I can get into it instead of having a long post, you know? So if if this could become like more of my main thing, maybe I'll get rid of I don't know, maybe I'll just put one photo on Instagram like you did. I don't I don't know what to do, but I'm really struggling with that one. I feel like okay, so I I we talked about this before, but like the thing that has made any of it possible is having no access to my own password. That's the thing that like Oh, you have I, no access to any passwords? Well, I uh my fiance changed my passwords to something he knows that I don't. So when I want to log in, I'm like, "Can you do this for me?" And asking him is I know it's annoying and I know he doesn't like doing it and my phone is very small and it's hard to type numbers and shit on. So, um, he, he, it just keeps me from doing it. So like once a week, maybe I'll go and like, see what's happened and then be like, okay, time to log out. And I, I'll, I won't bother him again for a little while. So you can wow. post like my podcast is coming out, listen to it here, but then to end the sort of like doom scrolling part of it, as people are calling it, that's, uh, 
just not being able to sign in, I think is the answer. <laughs> wow. And so did you change what, when did you change, when did you do the password thing and why? Uh, maybe like a year ago or so. Um, and it was partly just cause like, I also have worked on like a lot of shows that are topical, like news related things where like writing content for social things is part of the job. And so mm -hmm. it was definitely like the line was too blurred for me of like what's fun and what's work and what's like, it, it, like it, it, none of it felt like just pure fun to me anymore, I guess. But um yeah, so he he changed the passwords about a year ago and I kind of stopped missing it. Like I I am always sort of like, hmm, I wonder what is happening, whatever. But I can channel all the scrolling energy very easily into like eBay or Pet Finder or Etsy or whatever thing you want. Um and like so I, I end up just Mine's Zillow. Oh yes, Zillow is great. Zillow yeah. is great. I yeah. The idea of like any, oh man, the idea that you can look up anyone's house and like see what their architectural layout is. I'm what just, they paid? What was that? What, oh, they, what paid. they paid? Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Oh man. It's just so, it's, that's like, what a, what a pleasurable way to snoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, eBay is pretty good. I feel like if you, I, we moved apartments and got a dog from all the pet finder scrolling and oh, wow. yes. And so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we have like a few things that we're missing in here. Like, oh, we, we need an ashtray. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's like a week of looking <laughs> at ashtrays. And I landed on one from Pizza Hut, like when you could still smoke cigarettes inside Pizza Hut. And it was wow. $8. It took seven days of searching. And then I was like, Oh, this is the one. And then I move on to the next thing. So it's nice. not like, I'm, it's not like social media. I'm not too good for it. I'm too weak for it. I think. <laughs> Whereas I, like, yeah. I think we all are though. Cause I think, gosh, wait. So, okay. Hold on. I have so many questions. So he has your path. I, I just, but so let me ask you this though, as somebody, because, okay. So my best friend from home, uh, Maria, she, she only had Instagram for a while and we, and, but she, she's a, she works at a school and she, and I would talk about this a lot and she was like, Oh, but I love your content. And like, I think you need, you know, you, you have a purpose for it cause you're in entertainment. I'm like, yeah, but I wish it makes me almost wish I wasn't in entertainment. Cause I would love to, I, it's the only reason why I'm still on it. I really, that's the only reason why. And so we both agreed to disable, we both disabled our Instagrams a few weeks ago. And then, God, this is like, so I don't know if this is, well, I logged back in and I texted her to tell her, this is so, this is so complex in my brain. Somebody, somebody passed away, a wonderful person, Jeff, um, who played piano at the comedy store, who I loved, who I've known for 20 years. And because there's, and I'm usually not, I usually have a lot of complicated feelings about like memorializing online. I understand why it's done. I just personally, because I struggle with a lot of stuff with online and I really am trying to always question like, what's my intention, you know? 
And with him, my intention truly was to honor him because there's not going to be an in-person memorial. And I wanted to share something because I had a really cute picture of us. So I logged back in and I shared the photo. And uh, and then I talked to her and she's like, I'm actually just going to delete completely. So she deleted completely. And I am so envious because like I felt like <sighs> – I couldn't even last three days, not because I missed it so much, but because I found a reason to go back on. And it felt, I don't know, it's just the whole thing like kind of fucked with me a little bit. But then here's the fucked up thing is she deleted her account and she gets an email saying your account will be deleted and it's a month from now. So they give you a month to change your mind. Oh, boy, that's like, yeah, a little manipulative. It's very manipulative. And she she doesn't want it. But what I'm saying is, is I... This is a very long way of me asking you a question is she, I feel like as a person who's not promoting, right, something is able to get rid of it. And so how do you as somebody who, I know there's no like live shows right now, but how do you, like, do you then just log on to maybe like post something important that you want to share that you're doing? That's exactly it. Like I, I am doing a, a charity Zoom show tonight. And it's like the first one of those things I've done in a while. And I was like, well, this is like worth if 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 posting it gets even like a person to buy a ticket and some of it goes to a good cause, then it, like it's worth hassling my fiance, type in the password, retweet the thing, <laughs> log out of the thing. Like I'll do that because I do feel like we are in a bit of a bind where if you delete all of it completely, then like, yeah, it's tough to get the word out about things, but limiting the access for your brain's sake, like for your mental health sake, I think makes sense. Yeah. And, and, do, you, and do you feel like not being on as much, how, like how did it positively or negatively affect your career? I will never know, I guess, precisely how negatively it has like I know there are probably opportunities and things that I just like that I I was that I wasn't in the orbit for and Mm -hmm. that's fine I guess because I don't know we've been doing this a decent number of years and I feel like we've we're like somewhat established entities you know within this little universe so there's some of me that's like well like I, I, I'm not going to be like the like viral 22 year old, like fresh, like ironic comedian. I don't know. It's, it's, I have to just hope that like, I've done enough <laughs> that I've done enough in the, in the past decade in whatever other realms that like, it will keep generating work in one form or another. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'll be, you'll see me fucking tap dancing on Twitter again, being like, <laughs> why are they called green beans instead of, you know, whatever the fuck. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, it's I funny guess. Cause... Yeah. It's been, it's been doable so far. So I think, yeah, the positive, here is the positive, I will say from a comedy standpoint, especially is like, if you're reading social media shit all day, what kept happening to me is I would find out about, um, I would find out about something that happened by hearing the take on it. So like, Mm. I would hear the reaction to the controversy before I knew what the controversy was. Yes, And then it's harder to have like your own 
um, like take on anything because you've already heard some like cross talking, chattering, like a bunch of jokes have already been made, and you're like, oh god, what's left? And so, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't enjoying that flow of information either because like I don't know. That's another thing. It's like we we're supposed to have like. Um, fresh eyes on things. So reading it as a news headline in the news is better for me than like following a trail of linked tweets back to what happened. (laughs) Yes, you're right. And also, well, it's so funny because in my, you know, journey to figuring out my really, like, I, I do try to cut myself some slack because I do think that I'm trying to be as aware as possible. And it's also, I constantly say like social media and the internet is such a new drug and everyone's trying to figure out their right dose. And so I don't fault anyone who is addicted because I think we all are to a degree. I just am in such awe of people that, you know, I'll talk to some people and they're like, yeah, I don't, what's the problem? And I'm like, uh, I think everything relates back to it. I mean, really, like election issues all relate back to it. People coming together to form a coup all relates back to the internet. Everyone, I mean, everyone was complicit in this. Like all the liberals that would like retweet the president, the former president, thank God, and and other people, like people that like, okay, here, here's my least favorite thing on Twitter is when there's they're like, can you believe this misogynist with five followers put this <laughs> online? I'm going to retweet him and own him. And I'm like, you just publicized. I would have never known about Duke 78 Dong, whatever, at, at Twitter. And now everyone is like jumping on it. And that's the thing that really like has a, has negatively affected me at the same time what i think twitter and i guess all the apps unfortunately i definitely i feel like i just got out of this fog recently of like for many years you know when it was like a slow week especially during the pandemic but like you know where maybe i i didn't have a job or like i didn't have a lot of shows or you know nothing was i didn't get like a jolt right i would try really hard to write a really good tweet or post like a really good video. And then it would trick my brain into thinking I was productive if the thing did well. Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. like kind of like, you'd be like, wipe my hands. I'd be like, I'm done for the week. I got <laughs> 5,000 retweets. And it's like, but the script is still has two pages. You know, you didn't create anything And you're right, like that quiet time where you're offline and you're not ingesting everyone else's opinions, like you kind of forget what you really think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's like, calling it a drug feels so completely correct to me too, or like it's designed to be addictive and like they're everybody on there is like doing the dance that they want us to do. Like the whole, the whole system thrives on like people having sharp spikes of anger and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, like, yeah, we didn't used to have any of this. We were both alive for probably like 20 years before this really like eclipsed <sighs> our lives in some way. And like, and, we survived without it before. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'll, I'll completely admit this and I don't care how old and whatever I sound, but I definitely feel a sense of, I don't know if it's, it's like bitterness 
jealousy, but also like ew about how one can become a quote unquote, like popular, successful comic now by having you put comedian in your bio and you get something to go viral and, or you do something that gets a lot of attention. And, and I know I can't, I don't, you know, it's not fair for me to disparage those people because they're just using the tool that's given to them. And, and I'm kind of jealous that they figured it out, but I'm like, fuck, you know how many fucking years I was out doing shitty shows late at night when I wanted to be home, like hoping that somebody was in the audience that was going to like discover me. I, I feel you. I feel that too. Cause what I wish for some of those people who are like really popular online presences, like there, I wish, I don't wish it would be, I wonder what would change if their audience knew that they would like eat shit on any stage. That's usually part of it. It's like this thing that you're, this form of comedian that you're being isn't the form that I recognize. And so I, you know, like I, that's me feeling old and crabby, I guess, but it's, but I don't just, know that that, go ahead. I was going to say the, the other thing is that like, at some point I like accepted the fact that like, if you, how funny you are doesn't correlate to how like popular or how how famous you are. Oh so, yeah, like, of course. That that's one of those things, like one of those very simple connections that I thought was true when I was very young, and now I'm like, okay, the most famous comedians aren't the funniest. They're the ones who like care a lot about marketing themselves and like yes. doing all the stuff. That, I like, hate sales. I yeah, hate it. It sucks. We should I want to do sales. I, when I was a kid and we had to like, I remember we had like a camp trip that we were like trying to raise money for. And we had to like go door to door and sell like wrapping paper or something. You know, like remember those things? I did that too. I did the same thing. Oh my, and I, I got filled at by one of my neighbors and it still fucking scarred me. I oh. hated it. And my parents also like, my parents are very, like they're like these humble immigrants that are like, don't bother people. Like trick or treating, why are you begging for candy? You know, like I wasn't raised in a sales type of home. It was more of like a, you do your work and you keep your head down and shut up. Mm -hmm. And so it's very uncomfortable for me. And I'm always in such awe. And again, like just to clarify for anyone young who's listening, like it, it I mean, that's, I, I accept it. I also don't, I, I, I don't know that they eat shit on stage though, because I do think that stand up, unfortunately, you can just have like a good personality and you can entertain a crowd. It's, I mean, it's not a very well-respected. That's true. <laughs> You know what? You're right. <laughs> you know, and like people who don't know, people who kind of learned about comedy from the internet and not from live performance. I do like I just I just remember doing a college a few years ago and the audience like really didn't understand sarcasm and then I read an article about how like younger generations don't get sarcasm as much because they don't have as much verbal interaction. Oh, wow. Because sarcasm doesn't work online. Oh man, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, I I realized like that is, oh man, oh man, it is like big generational differences. And like, what if if their shit does make people laugh? Like, I guess they are entitled to use the term comedian too. And I'm just being like territorial of it yeah. in the form oh. that I learned it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it I I think, look, I'm not stopping anyone's career, but I am expressing something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Again, I'm not, 
look, I'm tired. It's fine. I'm I'm older. I'm tired. My back hurts all the time. I have a baby. I've kind of loved that all the shows are canceled because I really just drink tea and go to sleep at nine. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. We all I, we all have different paths and there's room for all of us. I think what always blows my mind more so is, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like the people that you really like in real life, but then online you're like, ooh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That is another one. It's another reason to stay off it too for me. It's like I also see when people are really good at being online and I know that they're bad in person. I think yes. that's where I, where my head was when I'm like, they need shit on stage. I'm thinking of like one person and projecting all my like malice onto oh my the God. Off, off pod. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> it's just yeah I was thinking also I I forgot that you were a Boston person too I was Sam Jay the other day said um Boston doesn't like anything extra and I agree with that so much and I think that is probably something that gets in the way of being like a an enthusiastic earnest self-promoter I think is that like we grew up uh, being told not to be extra Oh my God, that makes so much sense. She's wise as hell. <laughs> Where did she say this? Um, she we're working on her her show for HBO. Oh, nice. Okay. So lots of zooming and stuff. But I was that one stuck with me for a while because I was like, oh yeah. Oh. I have like a lot of self-consciousness about that stuff because like of just the culture of where we grew up. Yes. Well, so for me it's almost double because it's Boston which I never even thought of. Cause you're right. Cause like Boston, I always think of, I mean, I know there's, you know, I know there's all types of people in Boston, but I guess I always sort of think of like blue collar mm. or like hu- not blue collar, but just sort of humble. Like there's, even though they're not humble about sports, but like everything else, there's sort of like a, but, but for me, I always associated with um, being raised by immigrants because a lot of, um, it's called like uh Oh God, is it second culture kid? I forget what the term, well, um, second generation, but like you're, I was sort of taught to blend in. Oh yeah. They're like, if you do something wrong, you'll get us sent back and it's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> yeah. There's like a lot of like, just like, you know, do your thing. Um, so, well, so th- I wanted to tell you this cause I thought this was fascinating that this happened the day before I was going to talk to you. So Twitter has been oddly the one that upsets me the least. I think because I I don't I, I stopped keeping all the apps on my phone. Like I'll delete, I'll download the app or I'll use Safari or whatever, like Chrome to get on, post and leave. Like I actually don't linger on Twitter. I really just sort of use it because I a lot of my comedy uh, is storytelling based. And so Twitter actually was really helpful to teach me how to like condense. Yeah. And how to kind of like workshop topics. Like I sort of use it as a sounding board to see like, okay, people seem to like it when I talk about weed and my baby, not in the same room, obviously. Uh, But when I try to do a joke about, I don't know, like it's just, it's kind of a good gauge to see, to figure out who I am. (laughs) God, no, that's not what I mean. But anyways, it it brings up so much. Um, <laughs> I think also if I had a very cute baby in it, like a Michael Jordan onesie, it would be very hard to stay off any of this stuff. I want to say that maybe my childlessness works in my favor at this moment, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. But Oddly, did I send you a photo of her in a Michael Jordan onesie? 
uh, Will did a while ago, and I yeah. hadn't. I think it probably went like it. Probably everybody we know probably had already seen it because. I, but I was just like blown away by the cuteness. <laughs> she is so what a tiny sweet nugget. But well, yeah, I think it's also hard not to share with, those things. Well, with her, Will Will is my husband, and we we talked about it a lot because he also is is pretty leans more toward private and and we both really like talked about it because I think that's also why I, I don't know what to do on Instagram right now because my my phone is thousands of photos of her. She's only been alive six months and it's thousands of photos. And so I had temporarily made a I had made a private page for her on Instagram and I deleted it after two weeks because I people stopped texting me. Because they could see her, fo- because a lot of people will text, how are you doing? How's the baby? Then I send them a pic and then we have like a little chat and I like that intimacy mm-hmm. and putting her online, even on a private page took out one step of that intimacy. And it just, and and, and I, you know, the comments were fine. You know, they were like, she's so cute. Like it, it was, but I was like, oh I don't know. Like it just I know it would be helpful because we can't see people right now, but it was making me anxious. Right, right, right. There's like a, especially cuz there's not like a ton to do right now. It's like it's nice to have an excuse to chat with people a little bit and like yeah. do the catch up and all that stuff. So I guess it kind of like um like contracts the amount of like I'd like it's supposed to be social, but like texting with someone is maybe like more spiritually enriching for lack of a less corny term. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes at the end of the text messages, it'll we'll be like, hey, we should just hop on FaceTime and then they can like meet her. And oh. I, I I understand the value in having it, but I again why I'm excited to be doing a podcast is because I, I want to have full conversations with people. And with the internet, you're having a public conversation and anyone can chime in. Mm-hmm. And that's not, if I'm talking to you, I want to talk to you and like, I will invite listeners to message me or, or, you know, like, but, the, but we've had the conversation already and then there can be comments or more dialogue to go, but sort of this, like, here's a thing. And then someone responds. And then sometimes people respond that you're like, who are you? Like, it's so, you know, and like the word friend, like, what does that even mean anymore? It's just, it's a lot. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people feel the way that you and I do. I just think it might not be, (laughs) well, where do you talk about this stuff on the internet? Yeah, that's true. It's like, (laughs) it takes a podcast to really like dig into it. Yeah, Um, like I post so much. I'm like, all my tweets are like, ah, the social media is weird, right? Like and retweet this. (laughs) I think that was another thing, like now that I'm thinking about it, another thing that made me like feel a little over it was getting replies from strangers. I think this happens to women more than men. Like you'd make a joke and then the replies are, bad tags, bad attempts at punch up, like corrections, people not getting the sarcasm, people not get like, and you're just like, wow, this is like all this energy to read, like shit I don't need to see. And I don't know, it's, 
maybe there's a way to do it where like you like I feel like I've talked to some people who are like oh I don't read the replies and I'm like how do you not read the replies yeah I I don't reply I I often don't reply to the replies unless it's something like I will reply to replies that are uh you know kind or someone sharing something personal but when it's like yeah, a tag or and and I remember like making a joke about that on Twitter. I was like, I don't post so I can get, you know, your punch up or something like that. And someone's like, well then and then their comment was sort of like, but then what's the point? And it, it's it's all you forget that everyone has a different objective and relationship with it. I mean, mm-hmm. did you see the um I don't know why I'm blanking on the name, the documentary on Netflix about social uh yes, yes, social yes, dilemma. Yes. That's best. Yes. I liked that one very much. I felt like the, that moment in it where he's like in the future, it's not uh, everyone's famous for 15 minutes. It's everyone's famous to 15 people. For me, that was like, Oh yeah, that's like, not, that doesn't feel so good. <laughs> I don't oh. think that's what I'd like. <laughs> I know. And then all like all the developers for these websites like it's it's all a business. It's not so you feel connected. It is truly so they can get your information. And there was the one guy who described it like I love the analogy of it's like a slot machine. I think that was in that mm-hmm. movie, right? Yeah. It, it really is. So you're like, wait, can I just get like a little bit more? Can I get a little bit more? And it's it. Yeah. The weird thing is, so when I when I got I well, I adopted this dog in November and I I worked with hey thanks he's amazing but we did a, a training session with a professional trainer because he uh had been like just roaming in the streets and didn't know how to be in a house and didn't know how to sit and didn't know like there were all sorts of just basic things where I was like I'm not I would like help with this and they tell you like as you're training the dog you don't give him a treat every single time he does the thing sometimes you withhold the treat it's intermittent rewarding and it's the same thing that is in social media where it's like the chance of the reward is what keeps you hooked on it. And like, as soon as, I don't know, that was one of those things where I'm like, Oh, like all these companies have me behaving like the dog. So. (gasps) Abby. Yes. I remember, I remember again, I don't remember if it was in that documentary or reading, but like they will purposefully, like you'll have, you know, a post, I hate the term do well, but I don't know what else to call it. But like a post will get a lot of attention. Maybe like two, three posts will get a lot of attention. And then you'll have like two that don't. And it's buried by design so that you're like, wait, huh, I, I need to like live up to what I did a week ago. And you yeah. just keep like, it's, it, it is, I'm, I feel disappointed and a little ashamed and sad about how much time and energy I've given to it. Oh, yes. I I feel that too. (laughs) But I also feel grateful and excited and, yeah, grateful and excited that I'm consciously changing it. And I, I, I hope, I hope more people are too because- it's also like a weird thing because if you're the only one who's like, eh, and that you do feel like you're, like you said, like you're missing out. Yeah. I think the one thing is that like nothing is permanent also, or like you, you can take some time off and then get back in the game, whatever you feel like it. And it's all still going to be there. Um, yeah. Like I've been sort of like weaning off it, but 
there might be it, like the way things are going, I might be like, shit, I need some way to like have some expressive outlet and stage time isn't possible right now. So here's my uh, fucking ASMR channel. Like everyone subscribe. <laughs> you never, I never, wait, you, never wait, you have an ASMR channel? I don't, I, but I've thought about it. Cause I'm like, I have not, there's, I would really like a little project right now. And I'm like, maybe that's it, but I don't think it is. Are you into ASMR? I do really like it. Yeah. Emily Heller got me going on this dude who looks like one of the Hemsworth brothers. And he he does like a sort of like sexy whispering. It's not supposed to be sexy, but I, uh, uh, anyway, there, there are lots of good ASMR channels. If you, and my dog also likes them, which is nice. Really? He calms down a lot when it's like someone getting their hair brushed or something. So wow. okay. it's pretty cute, but uh, yes. So I, there's part of me that's like, you know, this is, this is a, where this is the phase right now for me where I'm like, I don't think I need to be part of this, but you, nobody's going to, nobody cares if you're there or not. I think for yeah. the most part. You're, oh yeah. I always think it's no offense, but whenever somebody's like, Hey guys, just letting you know, I'm taking two weeks off. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You I know, I don't care. I won't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people do. I, I don't. I mean, I guess if you have a huge fan base and you post every day, maybe they will. Right. But um, oh shoot, what did you just said? The thing about the dog treats. I was going to say something. Well, I guess it wasn't important. I'm going to think about that dog treat thing though a lot. I mean, and you're right, like slot machine or whatever. And it's also like what uh, if you if you read about like uh, the way narcissists treat people intermittent rewarding is part of that too so you're like oh this is all it's all gaslighting yeah like every once in a while they'll say you're right but the other times you're wrong and you're like wait you know like things that give you that sort of like itchy feeling I guess but well I think what's so great though about what you are doing and and maybe this you know could be an exercise for others who are listening who maybe have similar feelings and are trying to like I think about it the same way with um I don't want to say dieting because I don't know if I really but I I have had moments in my past where I maybe like didn't eat well or ate more I I didn't understand how to eat just to be completely honest I was very disordered and as women are taught yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and and what What I really learned was sort of like, I don't know, every time I would go through like a binge phase or a diet phase, I kind of went through all these different phases with food, like trying this diet, trying this way of eating. And thankfully, you know, I don't know, the last eight years or so, I feel like I'm really kind of intuitive in how I eat. and, And I feel I just sort of know what feels good. And I'm really conscious about it. And so I think it's kind of similar with what you're saying with social media, like you kind of are on a diet, right? Or you eliminated it from your diet. And so when you reintroduce it into your diet, you probably won't binge like you used to. Yeah, I think like, right, with intuitive eating, the idea, I guess, is like you if you sort of give yourself like a basic level of trust around food, that yeah. you're not going to go insane or whatever. Like, I think, yeah, I don't feel like, um, like, like, I don't feel like it's going to cause like chaos for me forever, but it's just for, for the time being, it's, 
it's important for our sanity to be mostly intact or as intact as possible. <laughs> well, I love it. And just so you know, because I, I I do feel like this feeling can be a little lonely sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it, it does, quote unquote, seem like everyone's doing fine with it. And why is it such a problem for me? I'm just letting you know, I feel the same way. Yeah. And so many people offline tell me they feel the same way too. Yeah. So it's usually like the funnier and nicer people who are the most overwhelmed by yeah. it. Well, we, we are the funniest and nicest. So, obviously. You know. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, this was so nice to chat. I really, you know, I hope it did something for our listeners. If not, it really did a lot for me. Uh- <laughs> same here. Same here. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to share with Check anyone? On Instagram, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess, like, yeah, I'll I'll post if something's happening. But it's you know, I'll let you know when the pod is out, and you can post the pod. That's a deal. You got it. And that will, and that, and then, and then you can that will explain to your fans why you're not around, and then everyone can calm down. That's right. <laughs> That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Emmy, I ask uh, every guest at the end of the show a very important question. Um, Should I get bangs? Um, No. And it's not because you couldn't pull them off. It's because uh, bangs require styling. And we don't have time for all this styling. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I mean, I also, I can't really pull them off. Have you had bangs before? I cut them at the beginning of quarantine and they are uh, like on their way out and I can't wait for them to be gone. <laughs> yeah. It was at a moment of like, I got to do something. Yeah. It was when things were like really, truly locked down. And uh, my fiance has a friend who's a hairdresser. And I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to get a haircut again for a while. And so I was like, give me straight across bangs. I'm Amelie. And then as soon as I did, I was like, this is such a mess. There's no way to make them look good. It takes, I like don't want to be using heat, hot tools in this time when like I don't see anybody. So that makes a lot um, of sense. I think there, there's a lot of buzz in in my uh, Google News for You section about curtain bangs, which are apparently what these are, like very grown out ones. And okay. uh, I think that's bullshit too. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is good to know. I really, yeah. I really appreciate this insight. <laughs> top knots for life. Messy buns, top knots. We don't have time for love all a top this, knot. All oh, this round brushing. <laughs> thank you so much, Emmy. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Joining me is a therapist, also known as my sister, Elena, back on the show. Thanks for coming back, Elena. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So you've, I've complained about social media to you. So I feel like I've had this conversation with you so many times about how I, I feel like it has a lot of good, you know, value, but also it drives me crazy and it makes me feel bad about myself. And I really envy Emmy, who was just on the podcast, who doesn't really use social media. So I was curious, in your professional opinion, what are your thoughts on social media usage? And have you had people come see you about, you know, feeling bad because of it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, It's so interesting. I mean, I think 
quite often uh, we talk about how nobody knows how to just like not be on their phone. Like my clients and I will talk about just like waiting in line at the grocery store. You'll see people on their phone. Like no one knows how to not who just, just to sort of wait and just be, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure people see people on the train or whatever. And it's almost like, I think we've all forgotten how to just sit with ourselves. Um, which is so important, you know, because if you don't get a chance to sit with yourself, how can you really connect with yourself? But yeah, I've, I've had clients, especially adolescents, um, you know, we've talked about like putting on that screen time thing and then they're like, I tried, but then I would bypass it and say 15 more minutes. But it really, really makes people aware of how addictive it is. Well, so not some, okay, so I know social media is addictive, but as far as what it does to your self-esteem and yeah. self-worth, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, I think it's it's just that, like, especially like that FOMO feeling, feeling of missing out. Um, again, particularly with adolescents. I mean, I've, I've had clients literally say things to me that they would, you know, like, prepare the best selfie and, you know, spend a lot of time making sure it was like the best photo, which of these photos should I post? And maybe I won't post any, you know, like it sounds so stressful, like the amount of energy, if you think about that. But Um, aren't we all, but aren't we all affected by it? Even if, even if you're not a teen who's trying to post the best selfie, mm -hmm. which is not what I'm doing. I mean, I'm a, I'm supposedly a grown up that's worked on herself. And yet I will take things personally online. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, in my career, I'll sometimes get jealous of something that someone is doing, even though I would have never known about it. If there was no social yeah. media, there's the pressure to post there's Then you have to, then you're seeing your likes. And, you know, I just feel like people try to act like it's no big deal, but how does, I mean, of course that affects your self-esteem. Definitely. But going back to the addiction piece, I don't know. Um, there's a couple of, I, I highly recommend people watch the Anderson Cooper special on social media addiction. And there's also um, the social dilemma, which is on Netflix. It talks all about, uh, all about it. It's it, they're both pretty eye opening. but anyways, um, one of the things that both of those, um, programs share is that social media is designed. They social social dilemma actually talks to some of the creators of Facebook and Snapchat and all that. They're designed to be addictive, so people are dependent on it. That's why the notifications are read. And I mean, what happens is our brain, the dopamine lights up each time you see a red little notification, and you know, you post something and then you want to make sure you get a certain amount of likes and you keep checking. And it's really, really, really has a hold. It really controls you. It really comes down to that. What do you think about something that makes me very sad when I think about social media is how we've become in a sense, and maybe this isn't true to people outside of entertain. I don't know, but I just feel like we've become numbers. Like, you know, before somebody was like, what's your number? You'd be like, oh, it's 617. You know, you have a phone number. Yeah, yeah. Now I feel like people are like, what are your numbers? Like, at least there is a little bit of that. I know in my business where they, you know, the more numbers you have, the more visibility you have, the more mm-hmm. influence you have. And it just feels like this 
I, I don't know. I, it makes it, it like even talking about it, like my heart started fluttering because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I just I don't I don't want to care about that stuff. Like I don't want to be numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put a lot of effort into numbers. So like, how do you I guess how do you exist with this necessary evil, let's say? Yeah, I mean, I think it if it's used as it should be used, you know, to like maybe share something or connect with some people, it's great. It is actually a wonderful tool. I think what happens though is people then become dependent on it. And that's when it becomes, you know, an issue for a lot of people. I think it's really about setting limits and boundaries. So it's really up to the individual if they can use it wisely, basically, like anything. I mean, I think our mom has really figured out how to use it because uh, she only uses a, a Facebook messenger <laughs> uh, to talk to her friends in Italy. Yeah. And yeah, that- she's a great example. Like for her, you know, you've got this older, not this generation or younger millennial, if you will, that's like really like it's helped her connect and see photos of her, you know, homeland. And, you know, it's yeah. It, I think she's a great example of someone who just uses she, it. She, I have a no brand. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Even right. though I wish our mom does not post, but I feel like her post would be like, hey, I save this much of money on coupons. I know. Uh, you know, it would be like <laughs> hot coupon tips. And um, yeah, oh, man, it's, um. do you think it's going to, like, do you think we're headed toward, do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? Or do you think that there is going to be like an awakening to changing how we use it? question. I mean, I don't know if it's going to get like worse necessarily, but I think, you know, I think it's just really about just people trying to be more aware of their usage. I mean, I have had plenty of people say to me, I feel awful when I go online. And so it's kind of like, well, let's figure out ways not to go online and like really limit it. Like, I think once you start to notice, like, this just doesn't feel good. So why do I keep doing this? It's kind of like drinking or anything. Like, you were like, all right, I keep having hangovers. I keep forgetting things. Well, why do I keep drinking? I don't know. You know, like, you have to, like, start to really be aware of your behaviors and your emotions. For a lot of people, you know, the number one thing we all need is a sense of connection. It's, uh, and I think that's what social media does. But the problem is, is when we become dependent on that connection, we disconnect from ourselves. That's when mm-hmm. it's an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really about having that healthy balance with the two where it's, you know, you're not, you can actually sit with yourself because a lot of people go online when they're feeling bored and lonely, those two number one reasons. So find other things to do when you're bored and lonely. I know it just sucks because like, if you're an alcoholic, you know, it's the equivalent of like an alcoholic being trapped in a bar. Like if you're addicted to social media and you have to be on your laptop or you have to mm-hmm. make a phone call, it's like you have the, the th- I, I always, I've said many times that uh, I feel like social media is a new drug and everyone's trying to figure out the right dose. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely have overdosed at times. And I mm-hmm. feel like once the pandemic's over, I don't know. I want to never look at a screen again. But um, so do you have any tips for people listening if they feel like they want? Okay. How about this? Do you have any tips for anyone listening who wants to leave social media, but they're afraid to do it? 
I think, um, you know, I guess everyone's different, but like, just start being aware of your behaviors. Like don't bring the phone when you're trying to watch a movie or TV show, like be mindful. Like if you're watching TV, watch TV, you don't need to have your phone there. Maybe don't bring your phone to the bedroom. That's a horrible habit. Like looking at the phone, you know, before you go to bed, like I, it's really about changing habits. So if someone's trying to just quit it all together, I mean, I guess like anything we're dependent on, you could go cold Turkey um, but the thing with that is it's always important to understand why am I doing this? Because usually, unless you really understand history, history repeats itself, right? So I think you've got to really understand your relationship with social media. What is it providing for you? Is it filling in a void? Is it to connect? Like really understand it. And then you can make a decision how you want it to be or not be in your life. Okay, cool. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Uh Thank you so much. Uh, do you want people to follow you or on uh, social media? <laughs> <laughs> the irony. I know it's it's so it's like I'm doing a podcast and then I'm like, please like and subscribe. Um, no, nobody follow me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I have uh, nowhere to be followed except <laughs> except. Uh, uh, by example, follow your example. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know how to end this. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you are listening to it. And I will see you next week.